gentlemen. Great Scott, for this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. I agree. Scots are great. Yes. Yes, they are. You have to come back with me. <laughs> back a long, long time ago in a distant galaxy far, far away. Cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Doc, are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Any conversation anyway. Whoa, we're going to have company! Loud noises! Ah, uh, hello, hello, hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I am Kendall Richardson. And I am me, the Michael Lister that is sitting and standing and whatever in positions you are before me looking, Michael Lister. <laughs> and you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, experiencing it through the medium of word salads. Yes. Yes, and... <laughs> I need more water. And visually and just every, yeah. you know, again with the orifices. We could talk about orifices if we want. But uh, we won't do that. Yeah. Orifice. Mm. Such a funny word, orifice. It's a great word. Like testicle. (laughs) Alrighty. Hurdy gurdy. Hurdy gurdy hurdy gurdy. Michael. Yeah. How's your week been? Ah, my mate. My week's been okay. Ah. You been watching anything good? Ah. Not really. I've just been. Been watching my my um my usual shows that I've been watching. I've been I've been watching uh, Star Wars Rebels. I'm up to season three now, so that's getting a bit fun. Uh, preparing for nice. my Obi Wan Kenobi's and seeing what's going to happen. And, and with the Star Wars trend, I'm also uh, I've also finished uh, Revenge of the Sith as well. So Ooh. so all I have to do is watch Rogue One again, and I think I should be good. <laughs> nice, all prepped and ready to go. Yeah, I was thinking of watching watching New Hope, but I don't know. Maybe I don't want to look too much into the future and know what happens at the end of Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> what does happen in the Obi Wan Kenobi in, in New Hope? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what. <laughs> <laughs> Strike me not. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Um, yeah, just mostly the rebels. Watching Futurama again, uh, it's always a bit of fun. And it's also mm-hmm. good to kill time because the old shows are always good for at least for 20-odd minutes if you you can sneak in an episode here or there, which is good. And yes. I don't know why, but I uh, sort of started watching uh, Un- Umbrella Academy. I've seen the first episode. Had you not watched it before? Not really, no. Ah, what did you think? It's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not very familiar of the um, uh, the uh, the story, uh, but it definitely it definitely does feel like a comic book sort of scenario. A uh, couple of a um, uh, couple of kids born in. <laughs> Born uh, 
strangely. I've only seen the first episode and I'm very, very much intrigued uh, dealing with supernatural stuff and and kid and kids uh, that are uh, surrogated for for from an old man who recently died. Spoilers for the first episode. But <laughs> <laughs> first I'm episode, a, I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, come along pretty good. I I don't I don't know what prompt me. There's a couple of seasons on uh, of uh, Netflix that I've been really meaning to watch, and one of them is The Witcher. Or um, mm. Umbrella Academy, but I think I would go Umbrella Academy because I think Witcher is a bit too much dense lore into it. So I probably need everything off my plate. I can't be watching like Star Wars or anything like that. That while I'm watching this, it's just good palate uh, palate cleanser as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and with that, uh, with a good palate cleanser, I've been watching uh, a show that's on binge. Uh, HBO Max, if you're over in America's, uh, a, a show that's called Our Flag Means Death. Oh, is this any good? I liked it. Okay. Um, it definitely has the same feel as um, uh, what we do in the shadows. Of but uh, if you're looking for something that's uh, on par with that, I, I think you might be disappointed. I just like. Okay. I just like um, Reese Darby. And and of yeah. course and of course uh, Taika Waititi. It's sort of his brainchild and his director and writer so, sort of um, thing. So yeah. So watching it for that and it's pretty pretty cool and uh, not to spoil it, but I think it's on. I think it's in the trailers that he play he plays Blackbeard. Yeah, Ta- I knew. Taika. Yeah, so, yeah. Taika plays Blackbeard. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a bit of fun as well. I haven't hmm. finished the season yet, so I'll probably. Uh, I'll pr- probably come back to you if, we, if I like it or not. And of course, uh, what we were talking about last week, I finally finished uh, The Adam Project. Nice. Liked it, loved yep. it, cried. Uh, I might watch it again, maybe later down the track, if I'm not too vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely fair. Yeah. What about you, Kendall? What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Yes, another busy week of watchings for me. Um, I finally uh, went and watched Belfast at the cinema. Belfast. Belfast, um, which is hilarious because it was St. Patrick's Day on Thursday and I missed it by two days. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, really good. Um, probably Kenneth Branagh's best film that he's ever directed. Directed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I've seen you know I've seen a lot of his films over the years, um, and it's just wonderful. Like yeah, and like not to not to ruin any of it, not that I would, but um, there's a couple of like because you you know it's it's based on his childhood, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so there's a couple little uh, Ken Brenner Easter eggs in there. At one point, there's like a an Agatha Christie book in in the frame. Um, and then at one point, uh, towards the end of the film, um, he's the younger version of him, um, who is called Buddy in the film. Um, he's reading a Thor comic, um, and the the scene starts, starts, wow, the scene starts, (laughs) I need more coffee, uh, the scene starts, (laughs) on a close-up shot of the Thor comic um, and then comes out and I'm like, oh, I thought that was really clever. Oh, so, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but apart from that, it's yeah. You'll you would really like it, Mike, because I know mm. you're you're fascinated by the troubles and um, that whole. Well, I'm not fascinated. I'm just very aware of it. Well, very aware of it. Yeah, mm. and yeah, like just it. Well, it is. I mean, it is kind of fascinating uh, in in a way. Just you know, but I, I I don't really know too much about it. So this movie was probably the biggest exposure to it that I've had. Um, mm. And it was yeah, it was pretty intense at times. Um, but it Ooh, was, yeah. yeah, like, I just couldn't believe that these, you know, over, just over religion, these men and women are killing each other and yeah, it's, uh, it's awful. But, yeah. um, it's one of those civil wars that you don't really get to learn about. No, no, I'd never learned about it in school. I don't remember ever being meant like it never got mentioned, um, which is really bizarre considering it happened very recently. Yeah. Not too long um, ago. Yeah, and it yeah. didn't stop uh, not too long ago either. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely, still fresh. So, yeah, um, but it's a beautiful, like a beautiful love letter to Belfast. Like I can't wait to go one day and um, experience it firsthand. But um, but it just you can just feel the the love that Kenneth Branagh has for his home mm. uh, in the film and the way his family represented and and the city itself. It's just beautiful. So highly recommend. People check out Belfast. Um, I too also watched the Adam Project. Ah. Yes, um, yeah, really liked it. Really enjoyed it. Like it's not, you know, it, it, it's nothing to write home about per se, but it's it's just a good time. Like it's yeah. just a it's just a really good sci-fi adventure film. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and Ryan Reynolds is his usual funny self. Um, but a little bit different, slightly different character to what he, he usually plays. There's a bit more drama to him. Um, uh, but the kid that they cast to play, <laughs> s- not to spoil it, but young young him, wow, spot on. I like, don't think it's a spoiler. I think it's in the trailer. It's that, in the trailer? Okay. That it's a t- time travel I didn't know. Yeah, I, I didn't know it was a... Yeah, I didn't know it was a time travel movie. Um, so, yeah, but the kid, the, the kid that played him uh, as a kid was just... The kid that played him as a kid. Yeah, well said, Kendall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing good with words, and we're like 10 minutes in. This is great. Um, it's all right. We've got another an hour and a half left. At least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least. Uh, anyway, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed watching it and did, did get a bit emotional at the end as well. Mark Ruffalo, man. Poof. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, a, he's a talent and a half. Um, yeah, so I highly recommend people watch that as well. Uh, and then I also watched uh, the first three episodes of We Crashed because um, that came out on Apple TV uh, yep, Plus yep. on Friday. We talked about the trailer for it like a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I, um, and I didn't recognize uh, Jared Leto at all. Yeah, yep. you didn't, yeah. <laughs> it's because he, he changed his eye color. He did, he did a Superman on me. He did a Superman. He did a Clark Kent. Yeah, he's got uh, brown contacts on uh, over his very striking blue eyes, and he has fake teeth in. And um, yeah, so but and questionable accent, but here nor there. Well, look, I was con- I was concerned too after I saw the trailer about how like you know. I mean, because we just, you know, you especially you just saw House of Gucci, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, we won't. We, we've talked about that before. But when we we saw the trailer for We Crashed, and I saw him, okay, he's doing another accent. Um, he's playing an Israeli person. Um, so okay, 
but then I've now after having seen the first three episodes, like it's it's fine. Like mm. it's it's very. I think I'm glad. I'm kind of glad there's an accent there because Jared Leto for me, I, I probably it's just me because I've followed his work for the last fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. That I I just you know I, I it's I very rarely don't see him in movies or TV shows. Like if he's pretend like doing such a great job of pretending to be someone else, like yourself, you like I didn't even realize it was him. Or me, I'm like, well, yeah. That was the man I was going to marry one day. Um, Nineteen-year-old <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kendall can dream. Um, and uh, yeah, but in this, he's just yeah, like he's he's just he's just quite good. Like it doesn't take like the accent doesn't take you out of it. Um, yeah, him and Anne Hathaway make a great pair in this show, um, and it's very very fascinating because I again I knew nothing about the whole WeWork situation and and what you know the rise and fall of these these people so um yeah i'm excited to learn more but they're not they're like charismatic people but they're not very likable so there's there's just a lot of conflicting emotions um but it's but it's but it's really good so far i'm really really enjoying it um they're very entrepreneurial oh yeah yeah especially adam newman jared leto's character he is Mm. He is an entrepreneur. Their first episode just really goes out of its way to show you just how much he just wants to make money yeah. and be a, and be successful and be a businessman. He'll just like whenever idea he thinks might go, he just pitches it everywhere. Um, it's crazy, but um, but yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much yeah the highlights of my weekly watchings. I think yeah, lots of other stuff, but again, we'd be here all night just talking about what we watched. So let's. <laughs> I will. I will mention. Uh, nah. <laughs> Hermitcraft has started up, so I've been watching that. Say that again. What? Hermitcraft. Now, what is now, Hermitcraft? This is very. This is very like five percent people will probably get this. Um, there, there's a couple of people on YouTube that that solely do like Minecraft content, and they and they all do. And they all go onto one server, and it's called the Hermitcraft server. Nice. Okay. They're up to number nine, uh, season nine. Mm-hmm. So, so I've been rewatching that, and I've been egging to do a bit more Minecraft, but, but I need to find the time. Yes, <laughs> you'll you'll get there. Yes. So you'll yeah. get there. I love I love seeing Minecraft. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm a very late bloomer when it comes to Minecraft, but you know, hey. I love I love digging holes and filling up with water. Yeah, <laughs> just just like Dale. There's like Dale. My name's Dale Kerrigan, and this is my <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, someone should recreate the castle in Minecraft. That'd be you. Sh- that should be your mission. You should do that. <laughs> Minecraft castle. Yeah. An actual castle. Just yeah, make it an actual castle. Woo. Yeah. Woo! All right. Let's dive in now to the week that was in the nerdy news. This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most s, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Ah, all right. 
It's nerdy, 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 nerdy news time. And to start the news this week, unfortunately, we have to bring it down for a couple of minutes because we have to uh, acknowledge the passing of a very talented actor by the name of William Hurt, uh, who uh, suddenly seems left us at the start of the week at the age of 71. Um you know, for those obviously who are watching us now or listening to us, um, you're probably MCU fans and know who William Hurt is. Uh, if you don't know him by name, you will know him by uh, the title of Thunderbolt Ross uh, in our MCU. Uh, he played um, Thaddeus Ross, General Ross. Uh, across multiple MCU films, starting with The Incredible Hulk. Uh, And then he came back in uh, Captain America Civil War, made uh, more appearances than after that in uh, Infinity War, Endgame, and just last year in Black Widow, his final appearance. Um, So, yeah, very, very sad to see not just an iconic and legendary actor like him uh, leave us, but someone as part of the MCU family. It's always very sad to see. Um, you know, those who have, you know, uh, affected us with their performances. And he was fantastic as, as, as Ross. I couldn't, literally couldn't imagine anyone else doing the role. Um, he's just wonderful. Um, he's also, of course, known for um, his Academy Award nominated and winning work. Uh, he won an Oscar for his performance in Kiss of the Spider-Woman and then was uh nominated for his roles in Children of a Lesser God, Broadcast News, and A History of Violence. So a multi-Academy uh, Award nominate, uh, nominated actor, which is just, you know, a big part of his legacy. Um, and I also, during the week, kind of links to the weekly watchings a little bit, but after he passed, I thought back to the first time I encountered William Hurt in my childhood, and that was um, with the movie Lost in Space. Hmm. (laughs) Um, So I thought I'd revisit that, uh, you know, because I I, I remember enjoying the movie a lot, and I remember enjoying his performance as, uh, you know, the the father Robinson. Um, The movie hasn't aged well, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Never is Joey playing Joey. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's some bad dialogue. Yeah, anyway, I won't go into it. But yeah. but William Hurt in the film is is very good. Oh, he was very well cast. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely, definitely miss him um, going forward, like I said, especially as a part of the MCU. Because I imagine Ross would have shown up again um, in series, maybe like She-Hulk or Secret Wars or Secret Invasion, you know, those those big things that are in the works right now. But, um, but yeah, hopefully they're, they're able to um, pay tribute to him somehow going forward, but we'll, we'll see. Um, Mike, hey. do you, um, do you have any thoughts on, on the late William Hurt? Um, no, no. Well, he will be missed. Um, especially with, um, what they were expecting to do do with uh, Thaddeus Ross in the MCU is like what yeah. can you do now? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I was actually thinking when I was watching Black Widow, it's like, is 
is he okay? Because he doesn't look in himself. Yeah, I I remember thinking the same thing actually. Yeah, I was like, oh gosh, okay. Like mm. a lot of people like seeing him in the trailer. It's like, is is he de-aged or something? Because he doesn't look the same as he did in in um, uh, Endgame or even Endgame or may, maybe the other one, Infinity War. Mm. And yeah. Uh, Looks like he was battling something. Don't know what, but but unfortunately it got him. So hats off to yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I do remember Lost in Space. It was probably the first movie that I, as a kid, seeing it in the c- cinema and going, "What's this shit?" <laughs> I I sort of remember it oddly. It's like, huh. Movies can also not be good. <laughs> yeah, clearly I wasn't a film film critic by uh, by any means in the late nineties because I remember going, "Oh, I like this." <laughs> Beautiful colors, Joey being Joey. Joey being Joey. I just I was like, I want to be Lacey Chabert in this. Like, she's so cool, and like Matt LeBlanc is a hottie, and. And and Gary Oldman is a great villain. And, yeah, and I saw that, and I thought, ooh, giant spider. I kind of like that bit, but the sort of time loop where spoilers for a, for this film. But <laughs> nearly twenty five years old. Nearly twenty five. Yeah. If you if you if you want to be like going back in time and actually watching it, uh, ironically, but but yeah, they but the son grew up to to stop them from going out, but. For some reason, they kill him, and and they are still lost in space. Yeah, can I can I just as a te- slight tangent sidebar? Can I meant you mentioned the son uh, Will? Um, mm. Yeah, because there's so there's an adult version of Will in this. Yeah, um, played by Jared Harris in one of his early film roles. Who's that? <laughs> Jared Harris. Well, he's about to be in Morbius for one, um, but he was in Chernobyl. He's in a bunch of yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he was in the Crown. He played he played the King. He played, he played George. Old yeah, George. He, yeah. So he's a great actor. Anyway, yeah, funny I'm just fun joking. fact. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, when I was watching this, I was like, "Man, there's some really bad ADR going on. What the hell?" So I looked up the IMDb trivia. Turns out they because Jared Harris is British. For some reason, they were not happy with the way his voice sounded when he was doing an American accent. So they got <laughs> someone to come in and dub his lines in it. Like some actual American actor dubbed his lines. And he didn't find out until the fucking premiere of the movie. That was a bit shitty. Yeah, right? It's kind, like, of like, it's kind of like, fuck this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, it made me like the movie less when, you know, when I heard that. I was like, that's so disrespectful. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was so obvious too that it wasn't his voice. Because I mean, when I was a kid, I had no idea. But then, yeah, rewatching it, you know, in my mid thirties, almost, I'm like, oh yeah, that's not him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit, bit awkward, but but yeah, I don't know. It was a noble attempt at at, at rebooting a franchise, but didn't didn't work. So. Yeah. Anyway. Well, a franchise that probably didn't need it to be rebooted. No, but now it has a life on Netflix as a show that's apparently actually okay, so... Yeah, um, I haven't seen it. I oh. was burnt too hard to watch it because of this film. <laughs> Fair. 
joke, fair, but fair you know. joke. No, that's okay. It's the only the only good the only really good thing about the the this uh, version of Lost in Space is that they actually had the original voice actor who did the robot in the TV series in the sixties did the voice in the night in this movie oh, of, yeah. the ro- of the robot, the same guy. So nice. I thought that I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Good fun little tidbit. Good fun little tidbit. Um so feel free to watch Lost in Space, as I said. William Hurt's performance is, is still uh, wonderful to see in that. Um, and we will most definitely miss him quite a bit. So, yes. Yes. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's move on to some happier news now, um, starting with some Marvel news. Uh, this week, there is a, a rumor that has appeared online um, that may or may not have some credibility to it. But apparently, um, there is a reboot of Daredevil coming. Mm. Um, so this is a bit interesting. So Disney, of course, have denied that this is a thing. A thing. Um, it's not actually happening. However, the uh, the Hollywood Reporter, who is generally a pretty good source um, for Hollywood gossip and news. Um, They've been talking about it, and um, so in the latest issue of Production Weekly, um, this is a place where, you know, they list all of the ongoing and upcoming productions in Hollywood and stuff. Um, there's, a, there's a section on there where they've advertised for, uh, for a project called the Daredevil Reboot. Um, and under that listing, it name drops Kevin Feige as a producer, uh, along with a gentleman by the name of Chris Gary. Um, there isn't a time frame for anything, no release dates, no pre-production start dates or any of that stuff. Um, and the, apparently the listing does include a synopsis of the show, which is the exact same synopsis for the Netflix series that has now just appeared on Disney Plus this past week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, there's already been talk about Charlie Cox returning to the MCU, um, of course, after his appearance in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. A lot of people got very, very excited. And then, of course, with the appearance of Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin in Hawkeye, um, things are pointing towards some kind of daredevil thing happening, um, which is fantastic. So to see this kind of, I think, like gives major credence to those rumors and that chatter about Daredevil coming back Um, again especially with the fact that the shows uh, from Netflix are now all available for streaming on Disney Plus which I've been starting to watch Daredevil again (laughs) yeah nice (laughs) so I don't have to go back to Netflix it's like ah everything's on Disney cool everything's on Disney yeah Um, yeah but look this isn't an official confirmation of anything Um, it's, it's very interesting but We'll see what happens. I really hope so. It would be great to see uh, Charlie Cox once again um, as the man without fear. I'm a big fan of of his and his take on the character was awesome. So I'm here for more Daredevil. How about you, Mike? Yes, definitely. Um, If this is going to be another show or just, I don't know, maybe a straight to Disney movie, uh, Disney Plus movie. Maybe mm. like uh, like an hour and a half long movie of what this daredevil or kingpin is doing, and is it and 
is it the same Daredevil as in the series, or is it like a, a reimagining, slight tweak, so it could actually fit into the MCU, sort of thing. So I'm more unha- I'm more than happy of him him coming back. And uh, and I was talking before the show uh, that I've been really wanting to get get the No Way Home like DVD because I want to see the special features because I've been watching a couple of videos on YouTube about what they have on them and I want to see them and there's a lot of rumors of the deleted scenes in there and how and there's one particular deleted scene that they were filming uh, and you can sort of see like snippets of like the backstage backstage no behind the scenes so sort of thing where um uh Charlie Cox is actually uh representing uh happy hogan and and how and that little sentence that they have in the show is like well you're not out of the woods yet <laughs> and they're so, sort of dealing with what happy hogan is doing with stark tech and how that that is being involved and it's going and it was going to be a, a bit of a longer scene and uh it looked like it, it was going to have little morgan in there as well oh yeah and and i'm thinking and maybe Pepper Potts as well, but I can't can't remember. So, it, and and the ru- rumors is is um, uh, Charlie Cox was go- going to be with uh, 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 like uh, Matt Murdock was going to be with 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 Foggy as well. So Aww. it could have been that Foggy from the Daredevil series. Yeah, and then you and a lot of people are saying, well, you can, and, and then that scene would be Foggy meets Foggy because <laughs> because. Um, uh, in the uh, Ben Affleck Daredevil, um, uh, oh shit, what's his name? John Favreau. Uh, John Favreau played Foggy in that that movie, yeah. so you could see Foggy meet Foggy. That would be amazing. Yeah, but they cut it f- for time, and I actually quite like the first appearance of um, Charlie Cox of the Walking Stick first. Yeah, no, yeah. It, they they did a great job with that one that one little cameo. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. He's a really good lawyer. <laughs> he is, he is. He, he's so good. He even, he, he, he's, uh, reflexes are even better than Spidey sense. Yeah, literally. Yeah, he is. I it's mean, great. he could, he could have let like Peter catch it because everyone knows he's Spider Man, but no one knows he's Daredevil. Mm. Daredevil, Daredevil better than Spider Man? Maybe theory. Maybe. <laughs> And I was, and I was sort of uh, more than happy of of having the Daredevil sort of characters, or um, Netflix characters, just showing up every now and again, and not necessarily yeah. having their own thing. But if they're going to do something more substantial, then I'm all for it. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, heroes for hire, and they recast Danny Rand. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I can't really say because I haven't actually seen Iron Fist, but maybe I maybe I dodged a bullet there. Yes, yes, just 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 a teeny one. But you know me, I'm not negative. <laughs> I might like it. You might. Well, like I've I've said this to you before, but David Wenham's in it, and he's very good in it. So, yeah. I always like I always like Australians. <laughs> yes, yes, we love we love a good Aussie. Yeah, and I can't wait to rewatch um, Jessica Jones. Oh yeah, I'm very keen to rewatch that one. I loved the first season of that because I went online to see what the order is because I can't remember. 
so it was like it was like Daredevil, then Jessica Jones, uh, and something else. I can't remember. It's, I think it's, it's on a like, posting note. Yeah, like do you mean like in terms of season watching, or just in terms of like uh, as the shows it, came out? It's sort of season watching. Uh, shows came out because uh, I can't remember where um, Defenders sort of fits in. Yeah, neither can I, but I I feel like it was Daredevil Season 1, Jessica Jones Season 1, Daredevil Season 2, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Iron Fist Defenders, Jessica Jones Season 2, Luke Cage Season 2, Daredevil Season 3, and Punisher in there somewhere. Yeah, and, that's something, the, and something Punisher like goes that. in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I can't remember where Punisher falls in, but yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, it's going to be good. If it happens. More the watch. God damn, more the watch. God damn. God damn. Not enough time in a day. No, never enough time. Okay, next uh, in the news, we got some Star Wars news this week with some pretty fantastic casting (laughs) uh, coming out of The Mandalorian. Uh, They're in production on season three currently, uh, and they have added Christopher Lloyd. To the cast. Who's that? <laughs> uh, we love him. Um, so <laughs> the only the only slight issue is the fact that it seems to be for a guest role and not a series regular. Like he's not permanently joining the cast. Well, um, if you got someone that like f- f- phenomenal, uh, phenomenal, or yeah. that well known, yeah, I suppose you can just get him in for for a bit. Yeah, well, yeah, we don't really, yeah. I mean, we'll just be happy to have him however, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they haven't said, of course, who he's playing, what side of the force he's falling on, you know, any any of that. I bet we will not find out until either a trailer or probably not even until his episodes air. So, yeah, um, I'm excited, though, uh, to say the least. Um, it's been a while since I watched him in anything. You know, he still acts pretty regularly. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, he hasn't really been in a, a lot of big projects for, for, a, for a bit. Um, but that's okay. Um, cause you know, we have, we have back to the future and those movies are just amazing and we love him in those movies. So I'll just watch them over and over again. And then I have, I also have a soft spot for him in, um, my, the, my favorite Martian movie with Jeff, <laughs> with Jeff Daniels. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, a lot of fun, that one. So um, but yeah, so I, I can't wait to see him join the Star Wars universe. Like this is just very exciting. Um, how are you feeling about this, Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm more than happy of see- seeing him in in Star Wars. I mean, he does do he does do genre like a lot, and I suppose if you're that, yeah, unfortunately you are known for only one character, and obviously it's not <laughs> he's not going to be the only like time traveler in star wars so hmm. <laughs> i don't think that's going to happen but um i'm more than happy he's going to do a guest star because he, he's a, it's always fun of seeing like a cameo of him in that like i, I was surprised when he was in uh in um uh sin city 2 uh, he just pops up and also in piranha <laughs> 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 um and all, all that and i'm um, yeah, I'm more than happy to seeing him. And and funny enough, uh, there was a thing that I was talking about last week, but I didn't want to say anything because I thought it was going to be a spoiler. 
but he does do uh, when they when they're promoting um uh the Adam project um uh Mark Ruffalo and um other guy Dead Brian Prince. Reynolds Brian Reynolds <laughs> Jesus Christ yeah we're we're talk we're talking about um how daylight savings was was going have you seen that one? I still haven't watched it. I forgot to watch it. My yeah, dad. You should, you should see it because there's a little cameo of a certain person that we're sort of talking about at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a good surprise about it. Oh, uh, that's cool. So you got, so you got um, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo say, saying, uh, because, because uh, Daylight Savings is going to, is going to uh, maybe um, hurt your viewing of the Adam Project, even though it's going to be streaming on Netflix, so you can watch it anytime you want. Any time you want, so that it doesn't really work anyway. But they they got a person who's an expert in in time in time travel in sort of time an expert in time, and then they cut cut to cut to uh, <laughs> cut to Christopher Lloyd doing a little spill. That's great. Yeah. Oh what oh yeah. Remind me when we're done to podcasting, I'll watch it then. Yes. Yes. Watch Great. it. Watch it. Oh watch it. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna keep it in the Star Wars universe for just a mo because uh, we have some more news. Um, this this one not as good. Um but I'm keen to hear your thoughts about it, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, during the week, um Reports were coming out that um, Ray Park, who uh, uh, played Darth Maul in uh, The Phantom Menace... Physically. A- physically. Uh, appeared a- appeared in um, Solo briefly as well. As physically. The char- physically as the character. Um, I don't think he voiced him in The Clone Wars, though. Or maybe he did. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, physically. Physically. Um, yeah, when they were doing uh, in season eight, I think it was in in the Clone Wars TV show, um, th- when they were doing the duel with him and Ahsoka, they actually mocapped it, and it was oh, actually him great. in the mocap. Oh, fantastic! So technically, yeah. yes, he's in it. Technically, he's in it. Oh, that's fantastic! Um, yes, oh, we love Ray Park. Excellent. Um, so <laughs> I'm not up to that bit yet. Nice. Um, so, the reason I bring Ray Park up um, is because uh, reports came out this week that he uh, originally was supposed to be in Obi-Wan Kenobi. What? So, according to a lot of sources, however, no one at Disney or Lucasfilm has confirmed or denied this, but according to sources... They've been working on Obi-Wan for a while as a show, um, since before The Mandalorian took off. Mm. And originally, uh, the outlook for Obi-Wan was going to be... A movie. It was going to be a movie, first off. But even when it morphed into a series, the plot was going to be Darth Maul. Because obviously, for those who know Star Wars canon... You know, he, he didn't die in Phantom Menace like we all thought. Um, so Darth Maul returns and he's, his job is to track down Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. Um, and that's what the, the Obi-Wan series was going to be. However, because it was so close, the relationship between Obi-Wan and Luke 
sort of this lone wolf and cub thing that has now taken off in the Mandalorian with Din Djarin and Grogu, they decided to mix that storyline all together uh, and focus on what we now know the series to be, uh, bringing back Darth Vader um, and Hayden Christensen with it, along with introducing uh, the Inquisitors into the live-action canon. So, um, yeah, a bit disappointing to hear because um, it would have been fantastic and I feel like would have made so much sense, especially if you've got Dave Filoni so so involved now um, with these Star Wars shows because, you know, he was kind of responsible for um, bringing Dar- Darth Maul back, I think, in Clone Wars um, or in, in Rebels um, anyway, in one of them. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, and I, I, as someone who hasn't watched all of Clone Wars or Rebels yet, I and but knows certain scenes that unfold, like it just would have been really cool to see them done live action. Uh, and just because Ray Park is so good as Darth Maul, and it was always a bit of a shame that uh, he was killed off at the end of Phantom Menace. So, um, but you know, we're gonna get what we're gonna get, and I'm sure we're still gonna really enjoy it. So. Um, yeah, Mike, how are you feeling about these changes that they apparently made? Um, before I go on to that, I just want to check if Dave Filoni has actually had any help within this, because I don't think he Please. has. Okay. Cause, because, yeah, it's been it's been in the uh, limbo for, for a while, and, it's a, and as you said, it's before uh, uh, Mandalorian. And I don't think he is... Maybe consultant. I don't know. Um, because it was because they were do, doing all this stuff like like during like uh, the uh, solo movie and also uh, Rogue One as well. And that didn't really have Dave Filoni. He was doing his um, uh, animation stuff. Yeah, right. So maybe they'll get him in for season two, which I say that mm. because maybe they're exercising that plot point and putting it into season two because n- no doubt this is going to be even bigger than Mandalorian because the fact that they're getting they're getting back a lot of people from the prequel series. And, yeah. And... It will probably be a no-brainer that they'll do a second season. So my guess is they'll probably maybe set this up uh, at the end of uh, Obi-Wan Season 1 because there's only six episodes. True. Uh, So they're probably only going to be focusing on Obi-Wan, Inquisitors, and Darth Vader. And then just like at the end of Solo, uh, we, we get to see Darth Maul going... Kenobi! <laughs> Season 2 confirmed and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that like if the show is successful as it is most likely going to be, then they're well within their right to do a season two, and that would be the perfect opportunity to explore Darth Maul if yeah. they were inclined to do so, which I am sure a lot of fans would love to see. Yeah, and there's plenty of years in between in between what we have now and and New Hope. I mean, yeah. Uh, we're starting 10 years from the birth of the twins. Um, I don't know what the stupid time is like. Uh, 9 BBY or whatever. 
<laughs> whatever it's bloody called. Yeah, some battle, be of, some... battle of Aspen. I don't know. Battle of Yavin. Aspen. You know the 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 ski resort in fucking America. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, exactly. You know, know there was this famous Star Wars battle that took place in Aspen. Yeah, in Aspen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's that's the place. That's where that's where Dumb and Dumber come in. <laughs> We're going to Aspen. We're going to Aspen. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. So that's what I'm sort of th- thinking. And yep. he probably had the words like, oh, we're going to be working this stuff in where, with the movie and then and then, and then then stuff happened and then, and then, I don't know. And there was all, and there's been rumblings of having a second season, even though the first season hasn't come out. We don't know if we're going to like it yet. But coming off like reactions from the trailer and, of course, we being, this is our nostalgia now. Yeah, <laughs> it's our nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not your mum and pup sort of <laughs> uh, original trilogy. No, nope. uh, I wasn't even born for any of the three, so screw you. Um, yeah, yeah. That's all I've got to say. Uh, I reckon nice. there's going to be a Darth Maul in season two. That's if we're going to have a season two. Which fingers crossed. I'm more likely leaning towards. There's going to be a season two. Because there's probably going to be a cliffhanger at the end. Probably, I, I'm still very much of the mind of it's it's a one and done. But I just don't want to get my hopes up, I suppose. But we'll see. I'm open to a season two for mm. sure. More you and McGregor as Obi Wan, please. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, until he turns into Alec Guinness. Yes, yes. <laughs> He'll be playing it until he's white. I reckon. Yeah, why not? You got him, why not use him? Uh, All right. And then you can do the reboots of the original trilogy, trilogies and having them <laughs> playing the same characters and then it's a continuous continuous loop. All this has happened before and will happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Full sure. All right, we got one more thing in the news to talk about this week. Um, speaking of, uh, actors playing older versions of themselves, um, and chosen ones and, and, and chosen ones and, uh, and boys who lives destinies and all that stuff. Um, Daniel Radcliffe this week, uh, was, (laughs) you're forgetting who everyone is this, this, this week, uh, Mike, I've been busy. You've been busy. <laughs> um, Daniel Radcliffe uh, this week was interviewed, uh, I believe, by the New York Times. Um, and he got asked um, a very important question. Uh, and that is, uh, if, if and when they make an adaptation, a film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, will he come back to, repli- to reprise his role as Harry? Um and he said no. <laughs> However, it's not a no forever type situation. Um, he just doesn't want to do it now. Um, uh, Daniel said, I'm getting to a point where I feel like I made it out of Potter okay. And I'm really happy with where I am now. And to go back would be such a massive change to my life. Um but he did also say, I'm never going to say never. Um, and he also uh, referred to similar 
uh, actors in his situation, like Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill, coming back to play their uh, their characters in Star Wars um, 30 years later, um, Daniel said, well, for me, it's only been 10 years. So, yeah. Yeah. Too short. Um, too, yes, too soon. Uh, and it's just, for me, as someone who's just seen The Cursed Child, I, it's just so funny that this is coming up now. Because um, I was... I think I like I was sitting there watching it and it wasn't even the first the first half wasn't even done and I was like they're making this into a movie like it's they're definitely going to do this um and by the time it was done I felt a little less certain on that fact but because of certain characters that are involved and certain actors who are no longer with us sadly or who probably won't be with us by the time they make the movie and like how do you figure that out um but I feel like Warner Brothers given the the mixed reception to the Fantastic Beasts franchise, I feel like they would they're they're definitely planning on adapting this play for the big screen. Um but yeah, at this point Daniel Radcliffe's gonna say no. Um but that's totally fine. He is well within his right um to do so. But who knows? You know, in ten more years, um maybe they'll do it then and he'll he'll say yes. But yeah, we can only hope because we can't I don't know about you, Mike, but I can't imagine anyone else playing Harry Potter um, in a film than Daniel Radcliffe. So, um, but who knows? Who knows what will happen? What do you What do you think? How do you feel about about this little bit of news? Um, well, yeah, it is too soon. I mean, technically, we're not up to the nineteen years yet. No, we've still got a few years. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's further down the track, and if they want to do this as a movie, I mean, it's got to be a, some work to it to make it make it uh, make sense. I mean, we sort of had this spill last week, but yeah, we did <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, if he wants to do anything Potter related, then it's pretty much his choice. I mean, he doesn't need to do it. He's he's quite happy doing like either smaller projects or even bigger projects. I mean, he's fucking weird out for Christ's sake. He can do whatever he likes. <laughs> he literally can. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it is his choice, and I'm proud that he's not pressured to do it. Yeah. So he shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a Harry Potter fan, how could he? He should be. He's Harry forever. And ever and, and ever, ever and ever. Play with us, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. Forever and ever and ever. <laughs> Didn't you read the fine print of your contract? For yeah. life. This is for life. You signed it in blood. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. All work and no play make Harry go something something. Go crazy? The man of that <laughs> uh, funny um, Cool Alright well That's the nerdy news Give me the bet Marge <laughs> Give me the bet Give me the bet, 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 bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I set you off No I love that I just love That is like My favourite yeah, I love That's my favourite uh, Treehouse of Horror episode Yeah, I think it's a lot of people's favourite But it's it's so good not to go on a tangent, but probably mine is um, Nightmare on 5 point... Was it 5.7 uh, feet? 
Yeah. Uh, oh no, wait, wait, which so which one do you mean? The one where Willy is like Freddy Krueger, or do you mean the Gremlin on the side of the bus? Yeah, uh, the Gremlin on the side of the bus. Yes. Yeah. Terror at five and a half feet. I think. Uh, it's terror, terror, not nightmare. I think it's terror because yeah, nightmare at. I think there's Evergreen Nightmare Terrace. and Evergreen Terrace, which is yeah. the one with Willy. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. They're both they're both good, but yeah, yeah. The terror one is is great. Yeah. Hi Dolly Ho Bart. Hi Ho Bart. With his spinal <laughs> column just spurting blood. Yeah. Why is that? A, why why would why did they show that at like six o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> no wonder. Our, the, God. No wonder was, our generation <laughs> fucking sucks. Because we're traumatized with kids. Yeah, yeah, it was the 90s, man. Times were different. 90s, man. You don't know. Yeah. You weren't there. You weren't there, Dad. You don't know. Back in my day, we only had 151 Pokemon. <laughs> What's that shit? I know. I'm selling Pokemon cards at work, and I'm like, I don't even know who any of these are. Yeah. <laughs> I got excited when I recognized Cyndaquil. I'm like, isn't that fucking in the new... Section after 151, like, oh, my God. Togepi. 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 Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Tangent city over here. It's the nerdy news done and dusted yes. for this week, which means now it, have, it is, of course, time to go into the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeah. Trailer park time. Here we go. We have three trailers to discuss this week, as we always do. Starting with our first official look at Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am excited for this one. Um, not as excited for Moon Knight or She-Hulk. I, am, I was a bit disappointed that we're getting this before She-Hulk because I'm really, really excited for that. Um, because I, you know, Tatiana Maslany is one of my favorite actresses and I was very excited to see her cast, but all good things come to those who wait. And now that I've seen what this one looks like, I am of course still very much on board. Um, I think the thing that, there's like, well, there's a couple of things that excite me the most about this. Um, you know, one, I've, I know nothing about, uh, Kamala Khan at all so I'm excited to learn about her um I can already see why in this trailer that uh Marvel cast Iman Vellani as this character she's fantastic I think she's gonna be just this beautiful um very endearing relatable teenager in this show like she just seems to have such spirit in her um and that that makes me very happy so she seems perfectly cast uh, and, you know, and I've been thinking, I mean, obviously it's in the name, but, you know, I feel like this, this is going to be leading towards the Marvels, which is yes. Captain, Mar Captain Marvel 2. Um, so I will not be surprised at all to see a cameo from either Carol Danvers in this or, uh, Monica Rambeau. We might see her come back, uh, after her time on Vision in this show. Um, fingers crossed, but... But um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm excited to see her character introduced, and I just like the kind of visual style they're going for. Like, it seems almost like a a live action into the Spider Verse sort of situation, where there's like 
Mm. sort of like comic book effects going on, uh, like animation happening around the the real images we're seeing. Uh, yeah. I was so going to say a bit like Scott Pilgrim sort of thing. Scott Pilgrim, yes, that's mm. a good reference. Yes, very much like Scott Pilgrim, which is really, really cool. Um, yeah, happy to see more of that kind of uh, stylistic sort of choice being made, um, something different, because I feel like with the amount of content that uh, Marvel Studios is putting out now that a lot of these shows need to have their own identities, not just with their characters and their story, but visually they all have to have some kind of different thing. And I think so far they've done a really good job at nailing that mm. kind of thing. And this just looks to be like another really great example of its of this show, like a show having its own visual identity. So that's really cool. Um but yeah, and we did, it didn't show us too much of the story, really. It just, you know, showed us that she's this, you know, high schooler that um, ha- has her, you know, own problems and, but has, like, a good group of friends and regular teenage stuff going on but just, like, is obsessed with the Avengers and Captain Marvel, maybe, uh, and somehow gets some powers mm-hmm. um, and gets to be the most adorable superhero ever. So, yeah, bring it on. Um, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 How are you feeling about it, Mike? Yeah, I, I really quite liked it. Um, as I said, it definitely gave me some Scott Pilgrim vibes, which is not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is a cult following behind, behind Scott Pilgrim. And oh, I'm, there is. And yeah. I'm sort of one of them. I really enjoyed it. Not just because um, uh, it's, it's from one of my top six directors <laughs> top six <laughs> <laughs> i love yeah. the specifics yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so uh i like that sort of aesthetic where where it's uh all stylized and not just um um sitting camera sort, sort of thing so it's definitely going to be more appealing than than most uh, and also a story that i have very little familiarity with you know I I I didn't I didn't grow up as as a girl, so it'll be awesome, and also aesthetically pleasing as well. Um, I, I've seen like 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 you said that you you um yeah you, you when you were talking about moonlight uh, moonlight, it's definitely a very polar opposite to that. Oh yeah, apples and oranges. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fluoro or even darkness. No parents. <laughs> no parents. <laughs> or even the same mind. Because mm. he has multiple minds. Multiple minds in that one noggin. Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to this. And also a lot of people are saying that her her origins are sort of twigged a bit. Yeah, that's what I read as well. Yeah, yeah. that she's getting most of her powers through these bracelets. Uh, yeah, and I quite like it. And a very new character. I mean, she hasn't been around for about five years, or even ten years, really. Mm, so, very new, very new. Very, very new, and a lot to work with. And I, I really like that sort of shot, which, I, like, looking at it, I thought it was going to be... I thought it was a cover of, of a comic because it looks so... It looks so aesthetically pleasing, where she's actually sitting on the lamppost and looking yeah. onto the, looking onto the city. And I thought oh, that's really good. Is that is that is that a panel? And then and then yeah, they the sort of showed it. It's like yeah, 
that's that's pretty cool. It's it's like Batman looking down on a gargoyle. And, and yeah, it's very very cool. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, I <laughs> I don't want to be weird, but I'll be enjoying watching a, a, a teenage girl on my screen. Yes, yes, we will. Yes, Coming for all the age. right all the right reasons. Yes, yes. It looked like a, a it looked like a Carrie homage in this as well, where they're doing a prom sort of thing. And oh yeah, that'd be prom queen. That would be interesting. Of yeah. all the things, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought Carrie would be something that would be referenced, but I'm 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 all for it <laughs> if they want to go down that kind of a path. Carrie with a superhero twist. <laughs> wow, Carrie is a superhero. True. Vigilante. Depending on how you look at it, yeah. Brings people to justice. Yep, the hard, hard justice. Yes. All right. Crazy Carrie, crazy Carrie. You see, you've seen Carrie. Carrie yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I love Carrie. It's one of my. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Stephen King books. I'd wager. Anyway, yes. since since you're not segueing me, I'm just gonna say. Sorry, when are we gonna watch it? <laughs> We will be watching Ms. Marvel on Disney Plus on the 8th of June. Serious. Yeah. It's two and a half months from now. So Moon Knight's going to finish and then we'll have like a month and then uh, and then we'll be getting Ms. Marvel. So, yeah. Right. Good times ahead. All right. Next trailer. Uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Peace. In boots. Pierce in boots. Um, yeah, so I have only ever seen Shrek 1. I haven't watched any of the other movies, and I haven't seen Puss in Boots, the movie. So, oh. m- my opinion carries no weight whatsoever. <laughs> or onions. <laughs> yeah, onions. <laughs> Augers are like onions. Um, but look, look, this trailer looks like a bit of fun. I mean, they've they've put a lot of the movie into the trailer, but then again, they do tend to do that for kids' films. Um, specifically, the gag about showing all of the the different lives mm. that Puss in Boots has lost that felt like a scene out of the film, like not something you put in the trailer. I thought that was a bit too much exposition. For the trailer. Um, apart from that, the animation looks amazing. Um, it's been like 10 years, I think. Or just un- just under or just over 10 years. Just since, over, yeah. Just over 10 years since the previous Puss in Boots film. And I know a lot of people online have been asking for a sequel for a long time. And I think it's, this has been in the works for yeah. a fair bit. Uh, so it's exciting for those who are fans of the franchise to get another film. Um, especially because, like, from by all accounts... You know, Puss in Boots seems to be one of the most popular characters to come out of the Shrek universe, and Antonio Banderas does a great job of voicing the character. Um, you can see that clearly in this trailer. And mm-hmm. I, I was amused by certain things that were going on. Like, it may, it kind of made me want to revisit the Shrek movies and actually, you know, watch all of them 
um, and maybe watch Puss in Boots as well, um, just because, you know, they're... Well, I, lo- I mean, Shrek 1 is iconic. We all know this. Yeah. So, but a lot of people go on about how Shrek 2 is like... Yeah, yeah it's up there. It's up it's up there, yeah. So, and that's where Puss in Boots was introduced, correct? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. So I know some things. Um, <laughs> but not but much. Yeah, but not much, no. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I Depending on if I've watched everything else that I need to watch to see this, then I may check this out. Uh, however, I am, I am just not sure. Um, that is not to say, yeah, it looks, it looks really good visually. The, like I said, the animation looks great and it looks like a lot of fun. So I'm excited for Puss in Boots fans to finally get, uh, another look, probably the last look, I suppose, at, at their favorite character. But we'll, um, yeah, I don't know. I just hope it's a good movie. Hopefully it's a good movie. Hmm. Hmm. How are you feeling about this one? Uh, I'm indifferent. I mean... Yeah, I, I I was there, I was I was there for Shrek one and two. <laughs> I was there when it happened. And, and Shrek three and four, it's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, three is like okay, weird direction, but okay. And four is just don't need it. It's not part of, not part of the the canon. Oh. Because it doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I haven't seen the Puss in Boots movie, so okay. So having a look at this, it may be a sequel, but uh, having heard that they're slowly re rejiggering the sort of Shrek mythos, so a lot of people were asking for like a Shrek Five, like sort uh. of soft reboot, like turning it into something else. But then this came out, and I thought, okay, and. It definitely looks a lot different than than previous um, Shrek universe movies because it, it it looks a, it looks a, a lot like um uh a bit a bit like what we were talking about with um uh, Spider Man uh, Spider Verse where the characters are like models but they look like they've been painted on and not necessarily yeah. Not says and uh, not necessarily like ma- made to look like what they are like, like like the fur on Puss in Boots doesn't look like fur. It looks like um, brush strokes for from like a painting, and it looks it looks uh, it looks good, I suppose. Um, I haven't really introduced my kids to Shrek yet. And in and all its meme glory, <laughs> I mean that's where sort of, sort of meme sort of started. It's like this particular movie, Shrek. It's like Shrek is love, <clears throat> Shrek is life. Oh no, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. It's a religion now. It's it's an online religion. It is, and it's. I mean, cool if you're living your best life. That's fine. Just I'm, just nope from me. <laughs> Mm. No, for me. Although, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I, I do agree with you about the whole memes kind of really started with Shrek and a lot of, and I suppose it's probably good that you're waiting to introduce your kids to it because I feel like it's better appreciated if you're a little bit older because of yeah. the humor. The humor and also if they start to get it, that it's pretty much a piss take of Disney films. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, as soon as my kids sort of 
pretty much go off Disney and sort of do does that transition of actually trying uh, of finding other stuff as well. Maybe I'll introduce them to some of the DreamWorks stuff. Uh, but at the moment, nah, not yet. Mm. I mean, I'm praying, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the God that my kids will be as cynical as me, and then we can enjoy shit and dunking on shit as well. Mm. Like as soon as my kids work out sarcasm, I'm going to be as happy as a pig in poop. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've I have very little um I have very little uh pleasures in life and that's probably one of them. <laughs> so when are we going to maybe watching this but maybe not with children? You don't know? Maybe okay. watching it at some point. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, will uh, be uh, premiering in cinemas on the 22nd of September. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have one more trailer to talk about, and that is for a teaser. Um for a series called The Pentaveret. A teaser? Mm. Oh, behave. Oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ladies and gentlemen, the return of the king. Um, Mike Myers yes. um, is back. Um, good, good, good. Such a fan. So happy. And he's, to and he's going again. after Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm really excited for this. Um, yeah, you know, growing up watching, it's, I was I should have segued a bit better. Speaking of Shrek, um, I just realised. My bad. Uh, That's it was, right. It was right there. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, I yeah, growing up with Mike Myers, um, on on TV and in film, um. You know, he, and he's had a bit of a break, um, so it's nice to see him come back and, you know, do what he does best, um, playing several different characters under makeup. Um, but this looks this looks like really interesting. Like it's a comedic spoof of the Illuminati, essentially. Um, what so- do you mean spoof? <laughs> the Pentaveret is the Illuminati. It's been Mike Myers the whole time. No, I was thinking the other way around. The Illuminati is not real. Oh, uh, yeah, it's not real. Oh, is it? <laughs> what are you oh, trying to say, Kendall? I don't know. I should are be you, careful what we're saying on YouTube. Are you a member? <laughs> are, you I, a me- are you a member? <laughs> Am I a member? I got my card somewhere. <laughs> um, yes, Pentaveret. Yes. Um, so I, I'm here for like I love kind of historical retcons in comedy mm. in this this kind of way like it's just it's just very amusing um to me so i can't wait to see a full trailer for this because this was very much a proper tease uh nothing too too in depth uh, it just kind of gives you the basic premise of what what the show is going to be about um but um yeah uh, i just i just really want to watch it because i want to you know want to i want to laugh um while I watch Mike Myers, yeah, we do, all want to laugh, do hilarious shit. Well, we all want to <laughs> laugh anyway, but yeah, yeah. I, I just, I hope it's really good. I hope it's really good. Um, it looks good, so we'll see. 
Michael, what yes. do you what do you reckon of the first look at the Pentaveret? Uh gimme now, gimme gimme now. Uh it's been a long time since uh, Mike Myers has tread the boards. <laughs> yeah. And also doing like um character work as well. I mean, yeah, Love Guru, it is what it was. Or was what it is. Look, I wasn't gonna mention it. <laughs> no, well, we we can't not like talk about it i mean well i haven't seen it so because i heard how bad it was i was it? going to watch it but then yeah no nah, anyway yeah well there's only one good joke that i actually audibly laughed at instead of going huh it was like a, <laughs> a yeah it was a joke it was a it was a bit of a risque joke but but it was a, a play on words which i can't kind of like it's um it's the end of Act Two. Uh, one of the characters is down in the dumps, and he's talking to to the person, and and uh, he's and he's asking us like, "Well, well, I can't really do this thing because there's stuff behind it." And he says, "Oh, what?" <laughs> and he says, "And and I can't face them out there." And and he said, "And he says, oh, what is it you can't face?" What? What is it you can't face? I don't know why, but I laughed at that. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And, yeah, it was... And watching it now... Yeah, even even when it came out, it's like, there is way too many belittling little person jokes in this. Yeah. To the cringe. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely a lot of cringe. So hopefully this will, I don't know, like jumpstart his career. I mean, I speaking as cameos that I actually quite like, uh, him in Inglorious Bastards was good, if you've seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like, it was. wasn't prompted. It, it was just all of a sudden Mike Myers is here. It's like, cool. <laughs> I, I like that. And... And also the little, the little nugget a couple of years ago with the um, uh, Super Bowl trailer where him and uh, Dana Carvey uh, play play uh, play Wayne's play Wayne and Garth. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I miss those guys. Yeah. Please don't do a third one. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <nah. laughs> we don't need that. Yeah. It's okay. But that was good. And having a look at the cast list, the, the it's, looks really cool. I mean, they've got Jeremy Irons as narrator. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Also, Jennifer Saunders is in there as well. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet Caroline. Sweet. Um, I yeah, I had a chuckle when I saw Ken Jeong and Keegan Michael Key. Yes. Yeah. That that makes me very happy. And also um, Lily West for some reason. I thought, ah, sweet. Lydia West? L- Lydia West. Well, I say Lydia. L- you said Lily. Lily, 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 or whatever. Too many, too many letters. Ah, oh, she was in It's a Sin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes. I, I should have said. No, that's okay. I was like, what, what do I know her from? And she was, yeah, she was Jill in It's a Sin. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Oh, she was so good in that show. Yeah. And possibly Oof. the 14th Doctor. Oh. 
I'm 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 sorry. <laughs> I said possibly. Do we have to go on a Doctor Who tangent right now? No, no, no. It sort of adds up because she she was in It's a Sin and also Years and Years. Yeah, uh, and because of um, because you know when when a writer is in charge of Doctor Who, they usually get someone they actually know and actually have worked before, uh, and yeah. And yeah. she's sort of a, I wouldn't say big, but she's approaching like biggishness, if that's. She's on a momentum. Yeah, yeah. She's also in Subsession as well. So there you looks go. Like. And I've been meaning to watch that. Sweet. So. Nice. Uh, and I'll well. be, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm more than happy to watch this from start to finish. And yeah. See how it goes. Hopefully not too cringy, but it looks like a huge bit of fun. Sure does. I mean, he's been he's been off screen for for a while, so hopefully, so hopefully he's uh, learned his lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in timeout. Now it's come out. Yeah. Show us what you are. <laughs> Show me what you got. <laughs> Show me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when will we be showing? When he'll? When he'll? When sh- he'll? When when will he? He shall be. <laughs> when will we be watching his all he's got, Kendall? Uh, on the fifth of May okay. on Netflix. And Netflix. Netflix, the Pentaveret on Netflix, May five. I am so excited. I haven't been this excited since I was at a, uh, was it? I was at a nudist colony and I backed into a meat, uh, a meat thermometer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hello, sailor. Hello, sailor. How's your father? <laughs> uh, funny. Nice. All right. That was Trailer Park. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. We love Canada. Leafs. Go Leafs. Go the Maple Leafs. Um, all right. Well, speaking of Canada, it's time for the part, the place, the segment, the section, the point, the pencil. (laughs) <laughs> Are we doing word association? <laughs> it's time for popcorn culture time. It's popcorn culture. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Um, it's popcorn culture time, and we have a very, very good movie that we're going to discuss yes. on this week's episode. That is the latest Disney Pixar uh, offering, Turning Red. I see red, I see um, red, I see red. I see red. Oh, they missed a trick there by not incorporating that song into the movie. That's all right, I just um, thought about it. Oh, and it's song. not the right time for it. No. 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 Oh, no. No. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. I am always Okay. Ready. Yes, you are. Why are we talking? Like I don't know. I don't know. I just felt like it. So... Um, because Fulia could, <laughs> because Fulia couldn't be here with us this week, yeah. uh, she she has still sent us her thoughts 
on the movie. So we're just going to start by reading out what she had to say and discuss outwardly from there. Uh, so Fulia says, really enjoyed this film. So bright and colorful. And I learned more about Chinese culture, which was really great. Very relatable too. Kind of reminded me of myself when I was growing up. My parents were pretty strict when I was in high school, so there were a lot of things I couldn't do with friends like sleepovers or go to parties. I also had to work in the family business, which meant not being able to have fun on weekends. The one difference, though, was that I wasn't able to, re to rebel after, until after I graduated high school. I love the fact that the females in the family turn into red pandas and they're different sizes too, which is pretty cool. Luckily for me, my parents weren't the type to embarrass me in public, but there were a lot of arguments at home because I wasn't allowed to do certain things. Go watch it now, people. It's a wonderful story. Mm. Well said, Fulia. Um, yes, I did kind of think of you, Fulia, when I was watching the movie. Um, and, uh, and then I, because I also watched the, um, there's a making of special on Disney Plus. I saw that about too. It. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of talk about how this is really a, a a good story for people to watch if they're you know first generation of you know uh, you know immigrant you know their parents immigrated from wherever and you know so those kinds of families will have these kinds of experiences that we see in Turning Red and because obviously that's Fulia's experience I was yeah I I made me think of her um, so I'm not surprised to see her comment the way she has but I'm very glad she liked the movie um I really like the movie too um and I'm just going to say now I'm probably going to get emotional talking about it because <laughs> I had a big cry um and I literally was sitting there on the couch weeping and I'm like can Pixar just stop making me cry every time no I watch I watch one of their movies because Jesus Christ, this was just, yeah, this is just a lot. Um, it's a great film. Like Fully said, it's so bright and so colourful. Um, and, you know, I I think my favourite thing about it, though, is the fact that it's uh, basically we are the same age as these characters. Were. Were, because this is, yeah, because... Uh, you know, in 2002, I turned 14 and the movie's set in 2002 and, um, May, our lead character, she is, uh, 13. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it just really reminded me a lot of my childhood, my, um, my high school years. Um, not like exactly, but one just, for one, you know, yeah, but yeah, but in s certain aspects and stuff and certain references, like, you know, the fact that. You know, boy bands were still at the height of their powers back then, especially in sync. Because obviously, Four Town is based on in sync. I would, I would say. Um, Even though they use a Backstreet Boys song in in the trailer. In the trailer, which yeah, this is pretty funny. Um, but you know, just like just the choices of the the fashion of the characters, like the butterfly clips at one point, and they're one of them brings out a 3310 Nokia phone, like, you know, the old school phones and there's Tamagotchis and, mm. you know, there's just so many references to the time when we were, you know, 
growing up and and stuff that was just like oh that's really really cool like because you know now that we're getting older we're going to start seeing more of these kinds of films made where they're taking place when we were kids and you know we're gonna have it's like we were saying before you you were saying before mike with star wars like this is our nostalgia now you know Mm. so now it's it's just really fully starting to happen um yeah so did at any point when you were watching it did you did you get nostalgic for for your high school years um not necessarily because because um where it's we with america well, American slash Canadian sort of North American sort of high school is very different from our high school, and and of course my high school was in the sticks. It was regional Victoria, so that, yeah. So still, it's a bit different from there, but mm-hmm. the sort of um, uh, relationship dynamics were were definitely definitely there between between all the kids and how how you're dealing with these emotions, these uh, and hormones, and just basically. We're all just a big puddle of goo that's just sparking off, like doing anything. So yeah, I I definitely, I definitely saw myself like like with that. It's like I've got all this built-in energy out of it, and I don't know where to where to put it. Where where should I put it? I know I need to punch my friends very hard in the arm for no apparent reason. It's that it's that sort sort of dynamic that yeah, it, it's sort of nostalgic for me. It's like yeah, we we we're insane. We're basically insane. Yeah, yeah. I've... Recent studies have showed that teenage teenage children have the same dopamines and the same chemicals that are going through their head, like like a psychopath. Yeah, there is there is a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it definitely does take me back to just that headspace of being that age. Like I like just certain scenes with May and her friends, the way they were acting around each other, um, the way that they were all collectively obsessed over this boy band. Like I had my group of girlfriends and we were all, you know, there was four of us as well when I was that age. It's always we're four. F- it's always four for some reason. Um, and in my, and w- in my close knit is always four as well. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Weird. Four, I guess four. It's funny, the movie's like four is an unlucky number and we're like, yeah, four. It's always four. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, because I have specific memories, like lots of memories of, um, like instead of being obsessed with boy bands, which we all were anyway, but collectively the four of us, we were obsessed with the show Charmed. So we would pretend to be the sisters, the three sisters, and then... Um, and the other one. And, and then one person would be either Leo, the white lighter, or maybe they'd play a demon. I remember I was always, I was always the nice one, so I would let them be the sisters and I would be the odd one out quite a bit. No, you played um, the book. But we, <laughs> yeah, I was I the, book the book shadows. I, I am the book. I don't know. I've never watched Charmed. That's uh, okay. I just know there's three sisters in a book. Yeah, three sisters in a big fat book. Um... But, like, that similar way that, like, you see these scene, lovely scenes in this where they're, like, you know, they've got all the choreography rehearsed and, um, you know, they know all the songs and stuff and they just do them all together. Like, it's just it's just really, really great. So it just really took me back to that feeling. Um, and then I loved one, – one moment I really loved was when um, <laughs> May realises she's, like, finding herself attracted to boys – 
and she uh, and this boy named Devin who works at the Daisy Mart um, and she starts drawing like pictures of him that are like a bit, you know, saucy, a bit lewd. Um, (laughs) And then just the way she she catches herself and reacts and like the whole like squirming in her room and then like the rolling under the bed and, and then just and hiding like I remember being in my room at that age and write like as I like I love to write so I would like write like certain like little fan fiction type stuff about people I liked mostly celebrities but you know but like I had secret like diaries and stuff similar to do tell May. oh no you're not you're not you're not you're not getting anything here I uh, <laughs> but like I can relate so much to that experience like that just really took me back so that was that was really cool but um but yeah, it, it's such a great, um, I don't know, it's just such a great story and the way that they kind of use this aspect of Chinese culture sort of and family tradition mm. to tell the story about this girl going through puberty and becoming who she truly wants to be, who she truly feels she is and figuring that out along the way. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just, just really, really great. Mm. Um yeah, we don't really see like we see so many coming of age stories in in popular culture and in film and TV. But yeah, it's always nice to see kind of a refreshing take on the subject matter. How did you feel the movie handled the the coming of age stuff, Mike? Um, well, considering I am not a I'm not a girl, so I didn't <laughs> really I didn't really um, have that sort of aspect of life. But I can I I can sort of so I can still see myself with with her coming of age because when puberty does hit it sort of hits you like a freight train like oh yeah you do become like a giant hairy smelly monster and and who can't relate to that and and with the sort of dynamic that she has with with her mum uh, i can sort of see see that as well it's like you have this sort of family tradition like this this uh not this it's sort of like the encanto sort of thing where uh you got to there's always that added pressures like you need you need to like do good for your family uh because yeah they are they are the people who give you life and yeah it's sort of like that added thing it's like um there there is a that you do that there, <clears throat> there, there does come a time in everyone's life where you sort of have to battle with your parents and yeah i can definitely relate to that like uh considering my mum was a single parent raising three three kids on her own and and I didn't really have that sort of father figure so all my all my anger and brunt sort of went towards her because I was still dealing with like a lot of crap like when I was growing up and it was definitely and looking back it's definitely very unfair on my part and and yeah and it's it's definitely that sort of dynamic that that you look back upon then with, with a little bit of shame, but hopefully everything is okay. And, and, um, and not to jump ahead, but definitely the final, the final battle. <laughs> you can definitely see there's a lot, there's a lot of in there. There's a lot of things you can take from what is real life, but it's with the sort of, um, magical way of, of, uh, portraying that of your characters actually turn into beasts and, yeah, it's that sort of thing, and um, and the original question that you ask, 
Yeah. It was, yeah, it was just, how did you think it handled the coming of age stuff? I think very well. Um, mm. Like, uh, I did say last week that um, I, I sort of like this more than, more than um, uh, Luca, and that was a little bit of coming of age story. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. It was also a mixture of um, uh, how, you do you, how do you deal with being different? So mm. that is definitely different from from this, but with with the like um, a lot of people say this is, and when I was watching it, I I sort of agreed with myself that this is definitely a companion piece with um, Inside Out, how Riley, the little girl in that, is sort of dealing with emotions and how how emotions need to change when you're growing up, and and you get to see that sort of, it, it's sort of the same dynamic that you saw. That you see in the um, Inside Out um, short that they had, where Riley has a as a boyfriend, and how the boyfriend ca- comes. If you haven't seen that one, it's a it's sort of like a one step higher uh, of her emotional scale and and how she's growing. And then you can sort of see it with this. It's you can sort of see how a girl is basically on the verge of becoming a woman, and mm. and having that. That she turns into a panya, uh, a panda. I like it. <laughs> I do like that because you, um, this is for children of that age, and for sure. And also, I, I really enjoyed that they actually still continued on the sort sort of joke, if I want to say that, that her mum thinks that uh, she is she had her first period. I thought it was going to be like one little joke of is the is the flower blooming that sort of thing. I thought, oh, okay, I, it's one of those uh, the the um the parents will get that, but not the kids. But then mm. they continued on uh, on the mum actually bringing in pads and and that big and the big crescendo where she's at the she's at the um, window of her school. It's like you forgot these, and then bang, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't actually expecting that in a Pixar film, that they would actually pretty much push the boundaries of what would be acceptable to a kids' film to that to that extreme of actually dealing with a real world sort of um, situation that that girls yeah. actually go through. And oh, yeah. yeah, I do applaud them for that, even though it's sort of same. It does sort of backtrack, and it's like, no, it's actually she's a panda now, but. But you can sort of see the connection with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely good to see Pixar and Disney pushing the boundaries uh, in terms of, you know, what you can and can't do in kids and family films. I mean, a lot of conservative people have pushed back against turning red for this reason. I have heard and seen that, and I choose mm. to ignore it because they haven't actually watched the movie. Yeah, that's the big the big uh, issue here is that they're, they're just jumping on the bandwagon without having seen it in context. Um, but, you know, we should be able to talk about this stuff in film, um, you know, and what a wonderful way for young girls to, you know, be just to, just to see themselves represented and to see what their body goes through represented, even though it's not the whole film. But, like, just to have it mentioned the way it's mentioned, you know, is just 
I think is just very important because there's a lot of shame and taboo associated with menstruating and, you know, puberty with for, for girls and women. And it's so, you know, I just, it's just really great that, you know, a company like Disney would, you know, include this in their film. And I, we won't get into things Disney will or will not include in their films, but that's you know, why I'm sort of siding with what Pixar is doing. Yeah, yeah, but it's nice to see it's nice to see Pixar, um, yeah, having this, you know, full display, and not censoring any of it. Um, yeah. it's just great. It's just really, really great. I mean, having having her say crap, it, it sort of made me jump. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when she was doing that uh, cartwheel and everything fell out of her bag, and she fell falls to the ground, and she says crap. crap. I thought, holy. Wait, wait a second. Rewind. <laughs> and then I listened to her and say, she said crap. I've she n- said I have crap. not heard that in a Pixar film. There you go. I know it's very small, but... But it, it's still there. It, is, it's, it stands out. It's a standout reaction. And of course yeah. she would say that. Of course she would. Of course she would. Um, yeah, just to, just to go on what you were talking uh, about before, Mike, with the relationships with teenagers and their parents when they're that age mm. um that's the part of this movie that affected me the most yeah um because historically me and my mother have not gotten along um so this movie kind of triggered me a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah um but it's okay like i'm fine i just uh yeah it was just a lot a lot for me to go oh god i'm having emotions um because it just it just reminded me of this there's this thing my mum said not to get too personal but this thing my mum said to me once when we were just talking about you know the way i was like cuz in this in the movie you see how you know or even in the the making of turning red they talk about how you know how kids you know when they start going through puberty they just turn into these creatures that are completely different to what they used to be Mm. and like they all of a sudden won't want to hang out with their parents even though they used to be like tight knit with them or hang out with them a lot as they when they were you know young and then as soon as puberty kicks in they want nothing to do with their parents and become super difficult and, and all of that um that was kind of me like I remembered my mum telling me about how as soon as you got into high school you wanted nothing to do with me (laughs) and apparently I had this attitude and stuff and like I don't remember much of that some of the things that she mentioned but I do I do remember like once I started getting older into those teenage years that her and I just stopped getting along um And it was really, really rough. So, and then just to see the way that the mother-daughter relationship is done in this film. Like, it's not to the extreme of, like, they don't get along, because they do. Um, And it's, like, one of the biggest parts of this film is that relationship and the fact that, you know, May is just caught between two worlds, you know, like, her mum and her family and, um, you know, turning away from being a panda or her friends that she loves and that actually, you know, give, bring her peace, um, you know, or, or, you know, maybe being a panda forever, like, who you know, so there's, and I remember too, like I used to, um, you know, I would always, like my friends were 
my safe haven when I was a teenager. Um, and you know, and I, and my mum didn't like all of my friends either. The way, the same way in this film, Ming doesn't like Miriam and will openly admit it, you know, like Jesus Christ. There's so many just parallels. And then at the end of the film, again, not to skip ahead, but at the end of the film, when we get that scene where they've all, the ritual was successful and they're going through all of the pandas, the, these women are transforming back into themselves. They're locking up the panda power again. Um, and then we, we see May find her mum and it's the young version of her mum. Mm. And she's like crying and stuff, talking about how, you know, she just wants, she just wants the approval of her mum and that's kind of all she's ever wanted and she doesn't think she's good enough. And I heard all of that. And I was like, fuck, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and I just lost it. <laughs> I just fucking lost it. Uh, yeah. So this movie really, really just deeply affected me a lot. But like, n- like, yeah, not in a bad way. Just, no, no, you know, no. just made me think, made me think and reflect on things and stuff. And I think, you know what, it's even helped me appreciate my mother a lot more. Yeah. Not that, not that I didn't before, but like, it, no, no, it's no. given, yeah, it's given me an extra perspective because... It's I'm because now that I'm starting to get a lot older, you know, like just understanding more of the fact that I I had my side of the story, but now I see her side of the story because the whole time this movie, like this movie, does such a good job of like showing us Ming as this character who is just a super overprotective mother. She does embarrassing stuff, you know. She embarrasses me all the time not intentionally but uh yeah like she doesn't mean to she's trying to do what's best for what she thinks is best for her daughter and it's all coming from a place of love and it just really made me appreciate the fact that you know if i was watching this film uh, as a teenager i would probably hate ming but watching it as an adult i'm like yeah she's she's you know making some missteps here but you know it's all coming from a place of love and caring and she only is doing the best she can and that's what every parent does is just the best that they can and we have to give them some slack because they're also a product of their of their childhood par- yeah of their childhood of their parents it's um, yeah it's all generational trauma it is that we all go that- through yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And I, and the movie tackles that too in a really nice way and breaks the cycle. Mm. Um, like, it's just a perfect... It just, it, just, it just sums up so much about growing up so, so well. Yeah. Like, it just it does such a great job. And then again, with the whole, uh, you know, East meets West thing and first generation or second generation immigrants, you know, it's just just to have the way that the two cultures kind of reconcile with each other by the end of the film. Like the fact that, you know, at the climax we have the ritual, this ritual is being performed and they're singing in, in Chinese, but then they are also, we also have the boy band singing. So it's just like these two, as, the two aspects of May's life well, are merging together. Three. Cause, three. Because you also got her friends beatboxing. Yes. Yes. So the, fr- the friends beatboxing and the boy band song, kind of for me to stick as one thing and then to have the mm. the, chi- the Chinese women chanting and stuff kind of, yeah, I just, I don't know. It just all really effectively works, I think. Um, but yeah, the mother-daughter aspect of this just ruined me 
uh, in the best <laughs> way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to be thinking about this movie for a while. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting yeah. <laughs> to actually know what kids think of this. Like, yeah, what you yeah. say is like, yeah, the mum's the bad guy, but then she doesn't become the bad guy. It's it's more to do with um, how we're slowly... We're slowly um, media and like movies and film are sort of tackling that that there are no real bad guys anymore. Yeah, and how they're dealing with is well, it's more emotional trauma that mm-hmm. that you have to deal with, and and how it's like yeah, the the bad guy is not necessarily like super you know moustache twirling bad guy that's how people sort of relate relate of saying oh thanos had a good idea and killmonger had a good idea and and it's all to do with that and i kind of i don't know i kind of like it because because yeah there are no bad guys anymore i mean case in point putin is but you know yeah but it's like it's just such a better reflection of the way humans are because we're so many shades of grey, mm. you know? Like, when we're not one or the other. We have both elements within us. And so, you know, we it just the fact that we're getting these uh, antagonists uh, that are more complex and more in-depth, like, they're more three-dimensional now. They're not just 2D mustache twirling, like you said. It's, yeah. There is actually some depth to them that we can unpack and see ourselves in maybe, or, you know, or just understand and empathize. So it's, you're right. It's just, it's a really great trend that we're starting to see. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully people will be more empathetic at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. Mm. It's been a long way since Sid was the ultimate bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm. Indeed. Um, what did you think of the the voice cast on this one, Mike? Um, any any or any characters that stuck out as as a favourite to you? Um, not particularly. I think they were, they they were all pretty much well sort of casted. Um, especially with the kids, it's like they do sound like kids. And, yeah. Like bubbly and 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 and, and everything. I mean, yeah, you you got the guy in the. <laughs> In the Seven Eleven, it's like yeah, bit of a bit of a cliche, but I, I but he's not there for long, and no, yeah, <laughs> lusting over afar, I kind of like that, yeah, and <laughs> saying and dealing with as like oh, did you do drugs? It's like never heard that in a Pixar film. <laughs> You're doing <laughs> drugs, um, yeah. I suppose, uh, sorry, what's her name? Sarah O? Sandra O. Sandra. I think it's Sandra, but it's like, no, it can't be Sarah. No. Sandra O is the mum. Yeah. It was probably a standout for me. I mean. Yeah. Dealing with something a bit more complex of a mum, an overbearing mum, but at the end, not necessarily she redeems herself, but you can sort of understand where she's coming from and how her mum treated her but but yeah as i said it's the it's the generational trauma that that's uh you need to break and in and embrace your inner panda and that's, yep. that's a good thing it's like yeah i'm i'm a panda 
I, mm-hmm. I was born a panda and I'm going to be panda proud. Panda proud. Panda proud. Panda pride. Panda pride, yes. Yeah. 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 No, I really like I really like Sandra O oh as well. I mean, I'm just a fan of her uh, in general, really. Um, she's a very talented actress. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to see her doing some more voice work because, you know, she was in Invincible. Yeah, as, as a well. mum. Too. As a mum as well, a, yes. A very different mum. A very different kind of mum in that one. Um, but in here, yeah, she's just she's just so emotive with her voice. Like, she's just, I don't know, it's just so wonderful um, the way she plays uh, Ming. Um, yeah, just, just, just a complete joy. Um, but the highlight for me had to be Rosalie Cheng, um, who does the voice of May. Mm-hmm. Um she was awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, she was she was really, really awesome. She had a lot of fun with that with that character, I think. Um, like she was she was a great character just in general, I think. The way that I kinda love the fact that we have this sort of like fourth wall breaking narration at the start. Yeah. Um and she's done, like it's just such a clever way and a fun way to do exposition and um for her to introduce us to her, to her family, to her friends, to the world that we're going to be living in for the next hour and a half to two hours. Um, and <clears throat> I love the fact that, that May is just this big old dorky nerd kind of fangirl. Mm. Um, you know, it's exactly, you know, me to a T. And then it, that's another thing too. It's like, until I was her age, I was a straight A goody two-shoes in in school i was exactly like her and then as soon as puberty hit i started declining because <laughs> you see there's this like quick shot of like when yeah. when ming when ming finds the stash and you see like report like essays and stuff and her grades have gone down i'm like oh gosh this movie is just hitting the nail on the head yeah um and yeah and you're in and you're in the toilets just showing your panda to people for money <laughs> yeah that was such an interesting Interesting thing. That was probably the one part of the movie that I think I might have come up against. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It's sort of like, yeah, it was so good, but then this movie sort of turned into uh, Detroit Rock City. They're trying to get to... (laughs) Have you seen that movie? I haven't, but I know it. I know it. Yeah, a couple of um, uh, high schoolers are trying to get to a Kiss concert. Uh, And it sort of of reminded me of that. It's like, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. It was, mm. But I suppose there's no there's no real climactic story, or even the um, there's no goal for the hero, really. Then besides uh, the choice of either being a panda or not being a panda, and trying yeah. to suppress a panda for yeah, over it's... an hour and a half. So I suppose I suppose they needed something. So yeah, I and the choices of. Uh, going behind your parents' back of divulging what you are to the disapproval of your parents is also also a thing as well. Mm. And I suppose you can also add add that to it's possibly a gay parable as well um, of, of being different. Yeah. In this as well. So. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And how I you, think. And how your friends are more. Um, more accommodating and more um, 
understanding of who you are than your parents, even though your parents are going, went, went through, in, even though your mum and your your mother's lineage went through the same thing as well. Yeah, mm. so it's an interesting take, but I thought, yeah, really? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, like, that's kind of a part where the movie kind of, yeah, it's like not, like, there's something, there's just something just feels slightly off about the fact that they're like, let's make money off of this. Um, this, like, you find yourself in a bad situation, you know, you're, you're turning into a panda against your will. Um, and yeah, but then look, it's, I suppose it's such a teenage decision, right? You know, teenagers. Yeah. Where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. They think they know everything and we need to be at this concert. And yeah, all, all they care about is, is this concert that they need to go to. So it's, yeah, it, it makes sense in that, as, that definitely in that aspect, for sure. Um, the thing about uh, Tyler, the bully, was a bit interesting because I feel like at the end they were sort of trying to go for that whole, like, um, he's just making fun of May because he's jealous or maybe he's into her or something, I don't know, because, like, he turns out to be a, an actual fan of, of Four Town. Um, so I like that they did that term, but I feel like that was a bit, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't exactly land for me properly, Mm. but, but I suppose it was nice to see that he was a bit more than just a bully, um, and actually had some good qualities to him in the end. But yeah, um, I didn't like his character much. (laughs) Well, you're not supposed to. (laughs) You're not supposed to. So they did their job. They did their job. Um, yeah. So... Um, how did you feel about the finale then, Mike? Um, that whole sequence, speaking of Tyler in the, the four town reveal? Uh, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> um, I didn't expect it to, to end up being like, um, a huge kaiju sort of fight. At the end. Yeah, neither. I thought, I thought her mum was pro- I was thinking maybe her mum was going to become her panda again and then that it's just a huge wave of emotions like uh, after each other is going to be this huge mum uh, huge mum and daughter fight and it's all it's all going to be um, you know a huge metaphor of a relationship breakdown and also re- rebuild at the same time um yeah I kind of like kind of like the fact that uh, how how it sort of ended up, and them in in the um, the sort of purgatory world, I want to say, like the 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 land of yeah. the land of the um, of the elders of your history of your family, mm-hmm. and how that and how yes, it is your it is your sort of a decision if you want want to do that or not, and yeah, it it came down to a decision. Uh, and Fulia just uh, text the finale scene was definitely emotional for me. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to speculate what what you mean by that, but I can sort of understand that. And that's the thing yep. with me is like, sure, I don't really have a rec- uh, a that sort of relationship between like me and my same sex parent but 
I can sort of see that now that I can't really have a rela- relationship with him. So I am envious, <laughs> and how you can ha- and how you can have a breakdown of a relationship and also a rebuild. I cannot have that rebuild, but with my mum, of course, I can definitely have that because we definitely have fought and definitely have yeah. difference of opinions. Uh, and even to this day, but but it's it's definitely I can talk to her as an adult, and she can talk to me as an adult. But definitely, uh, and you were even there at at our wedding, where I was talking about her, and I did break down and cry you, because you did, yeah, because I didn't really reconcile reconcile for that bit, where I was a bit of a shit kid, and it's no fault for her. It was just a situation that we that that we had. Mm. So yeah, I I kind of like the ending and how and how she sort of chose to be herself, in a way. And sometimes we need to be ourselves, and we need acceptance from other people, even people that disagree. I mean, essentially, the mum is sort of the main character because she had to decide to okay, this is what my child wants to be so i need to say hey cool yeah look i yeah i I thought it was a a, a wonderful ending i kind of had a feeling that may was going to choose to to keep the panda aspect of her um i liked how the movie kind of played with the idea of maybe she won't maybe you know she'll go back to being her normal self but i kind of had a feeling that it was always going to end the way it did um, and I thought they got to that conclusion very successfully. Uh, yeah, it was just super emotional, really. Yeah, and on that, it's sort of um, with the mum. It wasn't her choice to not become the panda because of her because of her mum. I think yeah. she actually made the choice of this is for me. It's not for anyone else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's I think that's a great message to kind of. Mm. drive home like the what the movie's really just trying to tell us is that you know we're going to go through these changes in life they're going to be difficult um and it's going to be hard for our family hard for our friends but we have to trust our instincts and just be true to ourselves Mm. at the end of the day and the people who love us will accept us for who we are um, when it comes down to it, like that's why you know, in the the friend, you know, Miriam and the the girls, they say to her, you know, we'll love you, panda or no panda. Yeah. Um. You know, which is so sweet. Um, true and, friend. You know, true friends. Yeah. And then Ming comes around to that at the end, of course, and accepts May for who she's chosen to be. Um. And yeah. And it's and she's you know and the you know this cycle has been broken really. Um, of this kind of trauma, um, so yeah, it's just it's just a wonderful, wonderful story. And yeah, the visuals were pretty pretty spectacular. I I, I too was not expecting kaiju panda. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting because they were told, you know, they did tease that uh, Ming's panda was big, but the fact that it was that big, I thought was maybe a bit a bit funny, a bit excessive. But. A bit excessive, <laughs> a little excessive, because because then none of the other pandas were even similar in size, you know. So I thought that was like okay, but then again, I suppose it made sense metaphorically because of the amount of emotional heft Ming was carrying within her. It makes kind of sense. The emotional I think. baggage. 
Yeah, makes sense that her, you know, a, a, a creature that comes out when you're emotional would be that big. Mm. Um, if you are so such an emotional person with a lot inside. So, yeah, it makes sense. But I was like, oh, it's a bit too big. Plus, she ruined the concert and I was really digging listening to Four Town. <laughs> I think there actually is a, um, a soundtrack of them doing doing their different uh, doing their different songs. So, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty catchy songs. And having said that, um that would make um Ming's uh story a lot more tragic if her panda is that huge. Yeah. So think so rethinking about it, yeah. I I guess I'll dig that aspect and no wonder she was like crying in the forest. Ugh, yeah. Oh, God. All of the feels with this movie. Yeah. You need to release the panda. Release the panda. Yes, absolutely release the panda. Um, I don't think I have too much more to say about this other than I, yeah, I just really enjoyed this film. It was it was great. Um, I love these characters and the story was, yeah, just super important and one we don't really see told very often. So, like, in this way. At least. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts, Mike? Um, Not really. Next Pixar movie is Buzz Lightyear. Yes, true. Yeah. That's coming out in June. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And don't be stingy and put it on Disney Plus. We want to watch it in movies. Yeah. It's, just, it's a shame this wasn't released in cinemas. Mm. But, yeah. At least we have it. On Disney Plus, so. Yeah. 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 All right. That'll do. Yeah. I won't show it to Zelda until she's 10. Turning red. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Then she'll probably get it. Yeah. She might. She'll turn into a panda. Um, Yeah, it's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Zelda the panda. Um, okay. I think it's time to wrap up the show because we got no more show to tell. <laughs> <laughs> we got no more show. No. Get the fuck out. Get, yeah, time to leave. <laughs> time to leave. Um, yeah. Are ready? A one. Oh, do, you don't have any plugs? I have no plugs. I mean, there are things coming, but I it's too early to plug them. So I'll plug I'll plug things next week. Okay. Do you have any plugs? I don't have any plugs. Okay. But Fully has plugs. Go watch Foolish Fuji on on Twitch, and she's got a new podcast out. She does. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've been listening to that. It's pretty good. Me too. It is the many thoughts I have. Um, it's a great it's a great show. Yeah, her latest one about sweets made me hungry. It made me very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Go check it out. Yes. The many thoughts of Fuji. Ow. Sorry. I was in the middle of scratching. <laughs> That's okay. And it distracted me. You distracted. Yes. By scratching. It's all right. That's okay. All right. Hmm. Yes. Check check her out, please. Um, but until... Oh, don't. That would be weird. <laughs> check out her content. Check it out, content. Oh, that's even yeah, worse. Yeah. Um, Would you like a shovel? 
No. <laughs> eh. Eh. All right. Let's wrap up. Let's and do it. Yes. And, and that, that was, a, was podcast a podcast called Fred. Fred. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head over to youtube.com slash freddyalienproductions.com yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 I've been a Kendall Richardson and I've been a Michael Lister not turning red because I don't turn into a panda I turn into a giant sloth yeah <laughs> and, and you, you just, just experienced, experienced a, podcast a podcast called Fred. Episode 205. 205. He's still alive. 205. Still alive. I'm, yes. I saw a guy who actually did a cos- cosplay for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Not, cool. He wasn't in it. He was a Mac controlled one. And it yeah. looked pretty awesome. Nice. And Steve Gutenberg was uh, actually signed on it. Oh, yeah, he's still cool. around. He is. He doesn't look a cool. thing like Steve Gutenberg in the 80s. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Clap, <laughs> no, clap, doesn't. says Fulia. Thank you. Clap, clap. I thank you, Fulia. Yes. Thank and you. the music is almost over. Yes. Thanks. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That one. Yes. Yes. Uh, remember to eat beef. Yes, remember to eat beef. Freddy lives, Loki dies, the doctor is in, and... Hello there. <laughs> I think it's something cool. <laughs> Goodbye there. Goodbye there. Goodbye. 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 Thank you. Goodbye. 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 Thank, thank you. you. Goodbye there. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And... See. And see. And see. And see. And see.